0: Hi, this is David Harewood and you are listening to Supergirl Radio.
1: Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season five episode of Supergirl titled Back from the Future, part one. Uh, That's a little different from back to the future. This is back from, because I guess when Hmm. is coming from the future, So that's why it's named that way. It's a little different. Uh, Time travel messes with my brain. Uh, But since we don't have any news for this week, speaking of time and sequences in time. Uh let's just get right into this episode, um, because we don't have any news to cover. So here is the official description. Quote, as Supergirl tries to thwart a toy man copycat when shot, guest star Jeremy Jordan returns from the future, unquote. So again, another short description. I'm a little disappointed that these are just one sentence long, but I guess that covers it.
2: I feel like they're reigning in the description writer. I feel like
1: <laughs> there was a period of time where the description
2: writer was like, this is it. This is my novel. And like really like went off, aw- like gave us a flavor of the episode, like the emotion <laughs> was there. And then somebody from corporate was like, you have to stop Veronica. She is she is giving too much away in these descriptions. And like I feel like the next description we're going to get is like there's just going to be a cry for help in the middle of it.
1: <laughs> I have so much to give. <laughs> well, so far Veronica, she's she's at least giving us the basics. Like it's a little short, but she she nailed the basic plot line of the episode. <laughs> so uh, that cry for help uh, may be coming, but at least she's, she's giving us what we need to know. All right. So this episode basically was the return of When Shot. Jeremy Jordan left the show. And so with that went When Shot into the future. And now he has come back because his good name... Is being tainted by this toy man version of himself. So, Morgan, what did you think about getting to see when shot come back?
2: It's funny because, like, before this episode, if you would have said, "Like, hey, do you really miss Win?" I would have been like, "Who?" Uh, (laughs) because i feel like the brainy kind of stepped into the role that they used win for uh, previously on the show like so well and so seamlessly that once win left i kind of after an episode or two didn't didn't think much about him anymore i wasn't like wondering what win was up to but then when he came back in this episode i found myself being like Oh, you know what? Wynn really does add like something nice to this show, and I appreciated it like i was I was really happy to see him again. I thought that it was it was really good to see win uh it was kind of weird to see him in like a superhero costume with like a, li- <laughs> with, like, a little mask like I was like, <laughs> Wind, what are you up to? <laughs> Who do you think you
1: are James? <laughs> he did not seem to have uh, an alter ego. Uh, a superhero name of sorts i was surprised by that and it seems like
2: everybody from the legion of superheroes like has some sort of name it's like i'm dream girl and i you know i'm saturn girl and and he's like and i'm (laughs) win he's the madonna of the legionnaires he's just
1: got it's just his name it seems like if you're married to lightning lass you need to have a better (laughs) name that's just my take on it, uh, but I would agree with you that I I wouldn't have missed Wynn. I, I always liked Wynn as a character, but I I I was just like, fine, that he's leaving. That's that's great, you know, for him if that's what he wants to do. Uh, you know, in terms of the actor choosing to leave, but I did think that it, it was nice to see Wynn again, and I appreciated his. Uh, his personality that sort of came back into the show. Some things were a little lighter, but then some things were also deeper and character enriching with some of the characters in the scenes, like with Nia and with Kara, those things I really enjoyed. Um, And I also really liked that they brought him back to actually have Jeremy Jordan play Toy Man. I thought that that was a really good idea because originally when the show started, I guess I always thought that they would get him there. That they would take Wynn and transform him and eventually get him on down the line so that he would become Toy Man. But he was always fighting that part of his family history to become Toy Man. Like he, he never wanted to become Toy Man. So I was always a little bit disappointed that that never happened. So I was glad that they use this opportunity to introduce a Jeremy Jordan Jordan toy man. And I thought he did a fantastic job of playing an evil win.
2: I thought so too.
1: Yeah, he he had the 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 big villain personality where everything was sort of crazy and and kooky and he he did a good job of channeling that sort of evil toy man inside himself and made him very different from the win that we know. So it was very clear that they were not the same guy. So I, I liked that a lot.
2: Yeah, I thought Jeremy Jordan did a really good job of like I could tell each win apart. Like e- they didn't even if you took off like, you know, win like super wins, little mask or whatever, or had him if you could have p- put those two characters in the same outfit and just with his performance, I would have known which was which. Like the toy man uh win was really unhinged and sort of like crazy and very over the top like evil cackling laugh kind of and it was really fun to watch jeremy jordan get to like chew scenery that way
1: yeah and that's very clear in the scene when the two versions of Wynn face each other and Wynn is trying to talk toy man down like you're not you don't have to be this you're you're not uh you're not as bad as you think you are you can walk away from this i i liked all of that and i i understand why wen was in the position to do that because it's the, you know he's facing down the guy who's wearing his face and his future is affected by what's going on but when i was watching it and maybe this is through the the kara rose glasses you know the supergirl rose <laughs> glasses that i see the show through but I'd, my heart kind of sank a little bit because in past seasons, especially in season one, Supergirl would have been that character to have done that. To say, hey, you're not as bad as you think you are. You don't have to do this. That is Supergirl's thing on this show. That she sees the good and even the bad guys and tries to turn them back to the side of good. And so it kind of stunk that Supergirl was not in that was not the character in that position, though I understand why they did what they did, and it was a good scene to see the two, you know, uh, wind shots facing each other. But I did, I did have that moment where I was like, "Ugh, this is another example of Supergirl not getting to do the big superheroic thing." She had a nice scene where she saved all those people by super speeding them out of the room, but ah, uh, that that kind of brought the episode down for me a little bit i have to admit. Yeah,
2: i didn't think of that but but it's interesting that that's your perspective because i i wouldn't didn't clock that at all but you're not wrong. Like that that sort of has in the past been supergirls like moment where she's she's the person trying to pull people back from the edge and in this case she didn't get that moment. Also, i mean speaking of like supergirl like having sort of weird. (laughs) I don't know how to describe this, but, like, her powers... I don't know if it's this season is more pronounced than usual, but her powers are so strangely distributed. Like, sometimes she's super powerful, and other times she can't uh, take out a couple of robots. Right? Yeah. Like, I I stumbled over my words a lot there, but, like, there were, like, maybe four robot tigers, and this is somebody who... Like, can go up against, like, aliens and fleets and armies. Dragons. Dragons! She can't take out a couple of robots? Or, like, and and she doesn't even have Lena's excuse of being best friends with them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought that, too, because Supergirl could just smash them or punch them. And for some reason, Alex was trying to fight one with a baton. (laughs) <laughs> i was like why is it super just smashing it with one punch yeah i didn't understand that either i'm so glad you brought that up it was very strange yeah and
2: also she, so she uses her super speed in this episode which is great because i can't remember the last time she's done that but but then when she's super speeding people out of the explosion you begin to question why didn't she just super speed around punching those tigers yeah uh uh, problem solved.
1: That's <laughs> a great
2: question. I like I understand that Supergirl and like Superman, those sort of those almost overpowered characters are hard to write around. Because they can kind of do everything, and so you have to be like, "Oh no, it's magic." The one thing that she can't defend against, although apparently she could last week,
1: she took those Kryptonian <laughs> witches out. No problem. <laughs> she just took them out. She's like, "This is my one weakness, but I don't
2: care." Uh, <laughs> but like, I so I get the I get the writing challenges of that. But at the same time, they, like, make her suddenly not have the power she has for plot reasons way too often.
1: I agree with that. And I think that is a a problem that they've had on the show for a little while. They've made her inconsistent. But I guess if I was to say something positive about the robot tigers, I liked (laughs) that they were used in conjunction with Toy Man because especially... I was glad to see that at the end of the episode, because at the beginning, when Toy Man tries to assassinate Chester Dunholtz, he, who, by the way, uh, I had to go back and look him up because it's been a while, but he appeared in season one's uh, Childish Things episode. That was the Toy Man episode, so I'm glad that they brought him back. But when Toy Man was going to kill him, he was just going to shoot him with a gun. (laughs) And I was like... How is that toy manish? He should be ki- killing him with, like, I don't know, some kind of toy. It was weird the way they did that sequence at the beginning because he had the little monkey symbol uh, explosions, which is great and very toy manish. but they didn't do anything. They exploded, but it didn't put anybody in danger. And then he's trying to assassinate somebody with a gun, like a sniper gun. That didn't feel Toy Man-esque to me at all. So when Toy Man shows up in the mascot uniform and then brings out a bunch of robot tigers, I was like, okay, this feels a little more like a Toy Man thing to do. So even with the weird inconsistencies with Supergirl's power set... I was at least glad they leaned into the toy man aspect of what that was. Yeah,
2: and I thought I thought that the 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 robot tigers were actually super cool looking. They kind of look like Legos, like giant Lego robot tigers.
1: Uh the music that went along with that sequence i even thought was a better choice and say last week with the the in <laughs> sync music me <laughs> yeah where where it was like oh no this this world this earth is going to be destroyed if we open this bottle but let's play in sync underneath it to underscore <gasps> what's going on at least this one with eye of the tiger it went along with the scene it fit the tone of the villain and the story and so I at least actually I'm getting a little tired of like I was the music montages. I was going to ask
2: you how you feel about. So I guess I I agree. I liked Eye of the Tiger this time in this episode. I thought it was funny and and fitting. But also coming one episode behind the in sync, it's going to be me. I I I found myself thinking, are
1: they going to do this like every week now? I hope not, because. I am getting a little tired of it now. Like if they had not done it last week and then they did it this week, I would have been pretty cool with it. Yeah, I think it has to be staggered. I don't think you can just keep
2: doing it over and over again.
1: It's it's too much. It feels lazy and it's just ugh, it I I can't deal with that. It's it makes it 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 cheeses it up a little bit. And I would prefer to actually care about what is happening instead of going this is too cringe worthy for me to watch but at least this week I felt that it it went along with the the tone they were trying to go for and Toy Man's a little bit of a quirkier character and he's uh this version of him at least was a little funnier there are Toy Man interpretations where he is creepy uh so that wouldn't have gone well with some of those other kind of Uh, creepier versions of Toy Man, but this one, I thought it went well with it, Uh, but yeah, so I'm glad that they did lean into the toy aspect of the character, the National City Toy-Con, I was glad to see that come into play, and I liked the, I I guess since while we're here, to, uh, since I mentioned the, the Toy-Con, what, what are your takes on, um, Lex Luthor being at the Toy Con and getting his own action figure. I thought that was hilarious.
2: Um, I don't know how realistic I, I think it is, like, that, that he would have his own toy, like, or that it would be, like, next to Supergirl's, like, but I guess we don't know this universe. Maybe he's gone around really, really... Helping out and and getting out there. I mean, he did have that commercial. He's clearly he's clearly branding himself. So <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was really funny that he had his own toy, and I thought it was even funnier that he was a little bit mad because all the Supergirls had sold out, and there was just like a stack of Lex Luthers on the table.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was confused at first because he says something about. uh wanting it to be a collector's item and I was I was a little confused by that because initially I thought he wanted all like this big quantity of Lex Luthor action figures and I was like well it's not going to be a collection uh, a collector's item if there's a lot of them but yeah but then he said it exactly right because there were so many he was upset because it wouldn't be a collector's item because if there's a lot of them then it's not unique uh, so I, I did uh, appreciate that. And um, I I was I was glad to see that the reason for Toy Man coming into uh, the story f- uh, had a reason for it. Lex was using all of this, using Toy Man, using Brainy. And I guess we could talk about that in conjunction with the Toy Man aspect of the episode is that he's... It's it's a Lex Luther Grand Master plan to to get inside the Legion cruiser is basically what it seemed like to me. Is that how you read that? That's how I read
2: it. Was it, the whole thing was a plan to to bring Win back to back from the future, um, so that he could get into the cruiser and get that um, that. Giant cube, which I mean, which on the Legends podcast, we would definitely call the season's Rubik's Cube. Uh, It was like a a literal cube. And I was like,
1: oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So he gets the memory cube to investigate Leviathan, which, according to the show, is the greatest threat of all time. So, Morgan, my question is, do you consider Leviathan the greatest threat of all time? Or of their time, I guess I should specify.
2: I mean, looking back at all the seasons of Supergirl, (laughs) my answer would be no. (laughs) So far from Leviathan, we've seen, and I'm just going to list them out. One creepy older woman who seemingly doesn't really do anything besides pop up unexpectedly (laughs) and really like ruin your day. Pretty creepy Don't love it. Not the worst. (laughs) Uh, We've seen Rama Khan, um, whose power is um, just giant stacks of mulch from Home Depot. (laughs) Not the scariest. (laughs) And like our newest big bad from Leviathan is just like that that lady who wears like a lot of sensible business pencil skirts. I'm not scared <laughs> of her either. So I don't, I mean, I just don't understand where they get, get off saying that it's the, that's the worst threat that they've ever faced. I feel like weirdly enough that this season has both built up Leviathan too much and not built them up enough. <laughs> And it's a very strange combination. It's like, would I have preferred Leviathan to just be this sort of, like, whispery shadow thing that was in the background? Like, would that be scarier to me? And, and maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think I was, like, I was with the Leviathan thing, i got to be honest, until we met Ramakon. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, oh, no. Uh <laughs> because the idea of this being like a shadowy organization and it the like in the beginning of the season or maybe leading up to the season they were like the cool thing about leviathan is that it could be anyone and they could be anywhere and then it turns out it's just like a couple of dudes in a basement and like <laughs> one of them's really into plants it's like <laughs> i don't know
1: it's
2: it's not that scary
1: yeah, I was very confused about them being so super serious about Leviathan. They're having these secret meetings with Brainy about Leviathan, and Brainy's having to risk everything to work with Lex Luthor to stop Leviathan. And it's just... I Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not scared of them. I'm not... I, do, I don't really care. So I, I struggle to to um to feel the threat of what is happening is it just because i'm assuming leviathan (laughs) and i know this kind of ventured off the wind trail we'll we'll get back to wind but (laughs) but the uh leviathan seems i guess like it's going to connect into andrea rojas and this obsidian prime technology where you can live in your dream world and have your real life at the same time where you can live on a veranda and and (laughs) sell your own bottles of wine like is that really the threat i I
2: was just like so they invented the sims with those like (laughs) annoying but like with a with a hint of like those annoying things where you can like purchase like uh another level of candy crush in app is that what happened it's just it was a very sh- they were like what if you could go out on your veranda and like enjoy the wine? i'm like yeah that sounds pretty nice i might i might be into that and they're like what if you can make your own wine i'm like okay now i'm working during my video game and then sell it to who how are you drinking it <laughs> and that's where they lost me uh yeah i mean i get that they're going for like a scary black mirror like we all end up in the cloud one day uh (laughs) reality but every time they sort of pitch it it's kind of like the lamest version of that uh and and they immediately lose me
1: is is that what black mirror
2: is that you end up in the cloud like the cloud cloud i mean a a couple of the episodes are kind of like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there are definitely episodes of Black Mirror where it's like everything is a virtual reality or, or like this is uh, what if how dating algorithms work was that you were there was a little you in a dating algorithm, you know, stuff like that where it's it's wild. It uh, It's a very it's a very cool show. Um, And they have some really out there ideas. And this feels like the Diet Coke version of that show. Like they're like there's they're reaching for that this Black Mirror vibe, but they like maybe are just giving you the Cliff Notes version of it uh, because you didn't have time to read the whole book. Um, I don't know it's just not as um, it's not as threatening as they want it to be I think is what it comes down to
1: I think they might I I know we talked about uh, possibly Brainiac coming into the storyline at some point this season because it sort of hinted at it in the previous episode and maybe that could come in the form of Brainiac Five because he tells when he's scared that he's going to become the bad guy. So uh, maybe this is all leading to something to Brainiac Five be- becoming evil. But we've already kind of seen that he did that one time. And yeah. so, so that feels like a retread if that's going to happen. And I guess it could lead there because he is, you know, part a robot himself. So I could see technology affecting him, but I, I don't understand where this is going. And I, I guess that's maybe partially why I liked some of the Toy Man stuff, because it at least felt like it was a story that made sense. And it, it, it seemed like it was going somewhere, and then it did. And now, of course, at the end, this this seems like a two-part uh, thing. I don't know if it's going to be a three-part. I think probably just two-part? I don't know. Um... But it seems like, you know, there might be some more Toy Man coming because at the end of the episode, there's a little video of him on the computer. And he talks about, you know, how he wants to live forever and that he's eternal. So maybe Toy Man is not gone yet. So maybe there's more that we get to play around with him but at least he was a villain who had a motivation, who had a storyline and it was going somewhere. But with Leviathan, I feel like we're we're just kind of treading water. Like I don't I don't understand it. They they've they've done a lot with Leviathan, but they actually haven't done much at all. And I guess Crisis didn't help cuz now everything's like something still I feel like I'm just trailing off into a whole bunch of different tangents but crisis seems to have changed some things but a lot of it's still the same we still have car working at catco and andrea uh, andrea kind of had some of the same stuff in her past but some of it's different and i i just don't know what's happening anymore and so that it's just all of it is just so strange so I I don't know the the Leviathan thing I'm not buying it I don't think they're the greatest threat of all time and I think the show has an uphill battle to make me afraid of them
2: yeah I feel like the idea of Leviathan is is pretty cool to me but the execution has just been really lacking this season like I feel like there are cool elements in there that they could go use to go in interesting directions but that's not the directions that they seem to be going in like are, are there more people in leviathan besides like a blonde girl and ramakan <laughs> uh because those are when when lex looks at at the rubik's cube And he, like, he uh, boots that thing up and then goes to talk to the Lex version of Clippy in there. Uh, (laughs) That's a a deep cut for for you people who remember. uh, Because I think they killed Clippy. Uh, but... (laughs) But, uh, But it brings up a bunch of pictures. And in all of the pictures, it's just this lady and Rama Khan. Like, I got the impression that there was, like... Almost like a board of directors of Leviathan, which, again, you're not getting scary if it's like, hold on, we got to run it up to the to the board. (laughs) Okay,
1: (laughs) Seems a Uh, little boring. To
2: to go through. Is Pam from HR here? Can she help?
1: (laughs) What if she was the head of Leviathan?
2: I mean, that would be. We know that's not going to happen because that would be <laughs> <she's ever wanted. laughs> happen on this show. Where she's like, "I've been here this whole time waiting." <laughs> she and she like slowly rips down the like hanging their kitten poster off her wall, <laughs> <roll. laughs> just making direct eye
1: contact. I don't need this anymore? <laughs> uh, that would actually be pretty terrifying because. HR people know your stuff.
2: They know all your secrets. Yeah,
1: so that would actually be uh, more threatening than Leviathan <laughs> right now. But uh, yeah, no, that's not going to happen because that would be too good and too much of what we want out of the show.
2: So true. But yeah, I don't. I mean, are there other people in Leviathan besides Ramakan? And they said her name. I just can't remember it. It just keeps. Gemma it's, Cooper.
1: Yep. Yeah she's the one who went by gamemne oh yeah i remember struggling to pronounce that but then i guess her her normal human name is Jemma cooper so that's what they call her yeah obsidian it, it feels
2: it feels like um like they're the only two people there
1: yeah I'm, I mean, I guess I don't. We haven't even seen Ramakan post crisis. Yeah, what,
2: what's what's <laughs> up? You know, Rama, what he's up to? He's out
1: back gardening. He's <laughs> he's, he's in, the in the dream world, the, world just a patch. <laughs> he's in that dream world selling the <laughs> bottle of wine that he made. Yeah, that's true. He's like, I stopped the grapes I grew myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that would be more interesting. I think to watch with rama i would be into seeing that that rama and see i kind of
2: to- i kind of want to see like the rama version of like the commercial for for his wine <laughs> 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 he's just like out of the- he's like oh hello there <laughs> he turns around he's got the bottle of wine and just a handful of dirt <laughs> that you would actually me relaxing on my veranda. <laughs> that would actually be a perfect job
1: for him, right? And oh, he, we figured out what he's up to, <laughs> he he could sell the wine like you know, uh, uh th- this wine ages, uh, you know, fine with time, just like me, <laughs> you know,
0: something like that.
1: <laughs> this is perfect because he's lived so long. <laughs> Oh man, that's a much more interesting version of Ramacan. <laughs> it is, and uh,
2: you know we're giving free ideas to the Supergirl writers, Because the there's the a time. product, perfect product tie-in. I would buy <laughs> Ramacan's Rama wine.
1: Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Well, uh, that's that's the show in our heads uh, that is never going to be on the screen. Um, so I guess. This is not a great uh, segue. <laughs> there's,
0: there's no segue <laughs> out of that conversation.
1: <laughs> but is there anything else about Wynn's return that you wanted to bring up before we go to the next topic? Um,
2: I really liked his... I So uh, a couple things. I wish we had gotten more of Win with like Kara and Alex. Because hmm. I felt like... We didn't. We got some, but like not as much as I would have hoped for. But I did really like his scene with Nia. I thought it was really like really nice and well done. And I liked having those two characters talk and interact, and and that he knows her descendant. I always want to say ancestor, and it's wrong. He knows her descendant, uh, dream girl in the future. And uh, and I thought that there was a, a moment where they were in the fight uh, that made me laugh so hard where Wynn's got that like that dream energy thing and he I think he stops one of the tigers and like contains it and Nia goes like my powers can do that and I yelled at the screen, What can your powers? (laughs) we we still don't know <laughs> like of course you're surprised we're surprised
1: every time you do anything with your powers she has all powers no weakness i just it's- want to reiterate that she has no weaknesses <gasps>
2: uh her weakness is that she's sleepy sometimes <laughs>
1: Yeah, she is very overpowered. I I hate to say it because Nia, you know, Dreamer can be a good character sometimes, and I liked that she got to use her dream powers in this episode. But it's just like you got you got to put a limit on there. Even Supergirl's got limits to what she can do.
2: Yeah, she can't she can't punch all those tigers at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean to your point though, we the main character of this show is already overpowered. Like. There's not really a a superhero, I I don't think, that's more powerful than, like, Supergirl or Superman. So you've already got a really powerful main character. You don't have to then put the supporting cast also super powerful as well. It's going to get where it's going to be like, how are they not winning handily every single battle? Like, how are robots even coming up against them?
1: Yeah, and I guess I'm a little torn about the whole when Nia powers thing, because he shows her how they uh, amped up his legion ring with Nura's dream energy powers, which I guess is cool and makes sense that because when is is human, he would need a little something extra so he could fight those superheroic battles. But doesn't that... Lessen the u- uniqueness of Dreamer and Dream Girl that Win's got those powers too. Yeah, it does feel like it. Yeah. Why would you need them if you just had Win? So I I don't know. I I kind of thought that that was and, weird. I mean, and and
2: also, not only can Win use Dream Girl's powers, he's apparently better at it than her. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, I can do that, and he's like, no. <laughs> not really well he's probably we had now, a little more
1: practice i guess
2: yeah i mean it, it was funny it was just kind of funny to me because her powers are so ill-defined that, <laughs> like even she is surprised i can do that like i don't can you i don't know
1: what what was all the training in the fortress of solitude for
2: that that one episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> of training that she got where she mastered her powers mostly
1: off screen I mean I I did like the use of the dream powers and the fact that in her dream she saw Brainy as the tiger. I thought that was really cool because it was for, you know, foreshadowing what was going to come at the end of the episode. I did think it was a little weird that she mentioned her nickname for Brainy was Wildcat.
2: Yeah, we have never heard that before, ever, ever, ever. Really weird. So, yeah, that was strange. They were like, mm, "We need a uh, way to like tie this roughly together." But uh, I did. I really liked that we got back to her dream powers, which were like her original powers, which made sense to me. Uh, before she could like lasso things with energy, with and dream stop energy, the tidal waves. <laughs> yeah, and stop tidal waves and stuff like that. Uh, back when she was just uh, taking really uncomfortable naps a lot. Uh that was sort of the, the version of her powers and I felt like that those powers should have built up. Um but I was it was nice to see her do that again and then to also to have the dream be like highly interpretive uh was also like nice to see just because it kind of harkened back to when she was first learning and she was trying to figure out like what does this dream mean and it was like it means that a random spider is going to bite your mom and she's just going to die. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, But I I like that we got back to sort of, you know, the dreams having multiple meanings because obviously Brainy is kind of, going against everybody else by working with Lex Luthor even though he's doing it for what he thinks are the right reasons. So her dream's kind of supposed uh, is trying to warn her to like be careful of Brainy.
1: Yeah, and, and and it fit in with the National City University Wildcat mascot and all of that and so I, I it went together pretty nicely, but I did think the Wildcat nickname was super forced. Oh yeah. And a little
2: awkward? So awkward.
1: I ke- I kept thinking why why does she call him Wildcat? And then I was like, don't think about it, Rebecca. Don't,
2: <laughs> shut, it don't shut it down. Push it away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't wanna know. You just don't wanna know. Uh so that was really weird and awkward for me. Uh I I don't know. Uh anyway, moving on. That uh some of that dream dreamer stuff was was, was good, uh, even though some of it I didn't much care for. But that seems how it goes with Nia for me personally, like I like a lot of the stuff that Nia does and how her character is written. And then sometimes I'm like, "What is happening? I don't <laughs> understand any of this." So sometimes with Dreamer for me, it's a little bit of a mixed bag.
2: Yeah, I feel like I feel like Dreamer for me. I love Nia. I'm more confused by uh, this her superhero, like just the the bounds of her superhero powers like what what can she do what can't she do like it's just it's so murky I think that they they had a a long time to build up her as a character and so I really I'm really invested in her as a character but her as a hero she kind of went from like taking naps to like you said like stopping tidal waves in like a few episodes and so we didn't get that hero's journey with her we just kind of like met her So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes the superhero stuff with her, I'm just like,
1: just, just uh, like a a little bit of information about what she can and can't do would be great. So we have the uh, Nia Dreamer stuff that interacts with the Brainy side of things. And we saw that Brainy and Lex were sort of working together, which I'll be honest, I was a little confused about because at the beginning I was like, or is this a different Brainy? Cause we had all those brainies last week in the previous episode. I, know. <laughs> I didn't know if we were meeting a new Brainy, but this was our Brainiac five who was willingly working with Lex Luthor to do all this stuff, to get to the Legion cruiser, to get the memory cube so that he could get the information on Leviathan. That was something we already knew. Uh, so it just was very all kind of strange, but, um, so I guess we sort of briefly talked about it, but what did you think about the Brainiac 5-ness of all of this?
2: Um, I mean, I think it's really interesting that Brainy is clearly acting very different, I think, since last week's episode, since he took off the inhibitors and uh, all his other Brainy pals jumped jumped into the what, – what was it called? Like the hive mind or – that's not the big it. brain, the big brain. Uh, <laughs> the since,
1: hive mind is more uh, Martian Manhunter ish.
2: Yes, yeah. Since uh, he got access to the big brain and everybody else was like, uh, yeah, peace out, and then like kind of absorbed in, uh, he seems way more like ro- kind of like robotic and and um, uh, like cold and detached a little bit. Um, so, I mean, it's it's interesting. Jesse Rath is, is so good. He can kind of, like, convince me that Brainy is, like, any specific thing. I do feel like it, it is a little bit of retreading of the end of last season, where he, like, kind of rebooted himself and into, like, a, a ultra-logical version of Brainiac. Uh, so, I don't—that's the one thing I don't love. It's, like, I kind of feel like they didn't really commit to it at the end of last season, and they, like, undid it. And then they like redid it again.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i not crazy about uh, a retread on that. And I thought it was, I don't know how I think this is really happening. Because he says that since he removed his inhibitors, he runs on logic only. But I don't think that's really the case. I, I think that's something he's just saying. Because he hesitates, Uh, you know, he hesitates a little bit when he's helping Alex and Supergirl and and Win, when Wynn shows back up. And at the end, when when is is uh, upset, uh, well, he gets emotional with when, and he's upset that he hurt Nia and that he wants to be close with her again. He even cries. There are tears. So it's clear, it's clear that he's not just logic only, no feelings. He has feelings. He does feel things. He does uh, show concern and uh sadness over things so i guess the logic only is just a cover for the way he's acting so that nobody will realize he's working with legs i don't i don't know
2: yeah i mean i that's kind of the interpretation i was getting of it too and and you, at that one point where his like calculations went astray and he's like this isn't supposed to be happening, you can see that he's like
1: getting emotional about it. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious to see how the the Lex Luthor teaming up with Brainy goes. If that's something that continues to happen throughout the rest of the season, I think that could be something I would be interested in because it was it was uh. It was different to see Brainy by himself in scenes with Lex and Lena and teaming up with them. And I think even Lena was a little bit surprised to see him <laughs> there. So that that I did think was uh, a different way to go about the Brainy aspect of the show. They don't have to go full on cold logic, evil, Brainy But they could have him playing with the Luthers a little bit. I'd be okay with that because we haven't really seen that before.
2: Yeah, I am enjoying seeing Brainy interact with both of the Luthers. That is pretty fun. Yeah,
1: and I think it makes sense with the Leviathan aspect and the technology aspect of the show this season that that Brainy would have more of a role and would play a bigger part in what's going on for the the season arc uh, that they're going for. Uh, So this is not a good segue either. <laughs> I don't really have any good segues this <laughs> I week on Supergirl think that's the Radio. Theme. I
2: think that is the overarching theme of this episode.
1: <laughs> so we're going to go with that. No good uh, segues uh, is our theme. So, I mean, I guess I could tie. Maybe All right, let me try again with the segue. <laughs> so Brainy and Nia are no more. Their relationship is seemingly over. Nia is having to, uh, you know, have a girls night, a candy night, which, by the way, I was like, that's a great idea. It
2: really is.
1: I want to have friends over just to eat candy.
2: That sounds like the best.
1: (laughs) That sounds like a great idea. Why have I not done that before? Seriously. (laughs) Um, So that relationship is over. And this, this is probably going to make some people, like, groan out of disgust. But this is how I'm going with this. Nia and Brainy are over, but another relationship is starting, <laughs> apparently. So, Morgan, what are your thoughts? It seems like they are moving forward with the Kara William thing. What are your thoughts right now on it?
2: Right now, I hate it. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm tr- I'm trying to keep an open mind, and so I will say I dislike it very intensely right now, uh, <laughs> um, for a couple of different reasons, um, and I will list them. the f- The first, one, <laughs> the first one is, and this is not, um, this is not a knock at any of the actors, but I don't really feel like they have chemistry and I got what they were going for in that scene at the end of the scene of the episode when they're in the office together and they kind of stand close together and then is like, oh, oh, I should, I should go, but you should come to our, you know, our game night. And I was like, what was that awkward moment? Did, did he hit her or something? Did he like knock into her? Like, and then I was like, oh, it was supposed to be like a, like a sexual tension moment. I did not get that at all.
1: I had the same thought. Deeply strange. <laughs> okay, I get what they were going for, but it didn't feel very genuine. Like, sometimes you, you can know in a scene with characters when, like, something's supposed to spark. And it just, I think for me what it was, and I don't know how you think about this, but I guess for me it was, like, from cars. I guess... From Kara and William's side of things. Like, neither of them have expressed interest in the other one. Kara, even in this episode, refers to him as a coworker. Yeah. She doesn't talk about, like, my friend William. She calls him Will, which I guess was supposed to be like a, oh, she's got a short name for him now. So they're getting a little closer. They have more familiarity. <laughs> she's not just calling him William anymore. But they they weren't even really friends like they've jumped yeah. from coworkers to having sexual tension it just reads as so uh, as
2: so contrived they they are trying to sell us on something that they didn't like that they didn't do the work on do the work on they didn't they haven't earned it and yet they already want to go into this is her love interest like is it and that's my other issue with it is that So this season has been really like pretty packed and William has only been in a tiny portion of it. And in that tiny portion of it, they really haven't devoted any time to his like relationship with Cara. It was first he was being kind of a jerk to her and then he told her his sad backstory and then Crisis like redid his sad backstory (laughs) and now here they are on their like, you know, third genuine interaction with each other. It's just, it feels so weird to be like already jumping into, Oh, look at, there's a spark. It's like, no, there wasn't though. (laughs) And like, no, like no, again, no offense to the, like, you know, the hardcore Lena and James shippers out there. Um, if you do exist somewhere, but we seen... I, I slowly raised my hand. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca's like, I still love them. <laughs> uh, but we've seen like relationships that were, let's, to put it diplomatically like a little lacking in chemistry before on the show and at least they built those relationships up. Like there were some times where I was like, I can see what is appealing about the idea of Lena and James, even if I don't think like the chemistry is like burning up my screen. But, but here it's like, it's a combination of both. It's that they like, the chemistry is not there. And the relationship hasn't been earned in any way whatsoever. So it's just like, they're just like, ooh, I might like him. And I'm like, why?
1: On paper, I think I could like it. You know, the fact that Kara has this co-worker that they partner up, kind of Lois and Clark, Woodward, Woodward and Bernstein style. Which, by the way, if you don't know, Lois and Clark have been referred to as Woodward and Bernstein, both in the comics and on Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. So that's very much a Lois and Clark thing. So the fact that uh, Lex refers to William, I think, as Woodward, thats they're trying to play up the Clark-Lois dynamic, which... I could be into. I could definitely be oh, yeah. into this. But they haven't they haven't let it breathe any. They haven't developed them as partners. They haven't let them have a lot of time alone together. They haven't become friends. The the reason Lois and Clark works is that eventually you start from a lot of times you start from like they don't really get along. They're a little bit of a rival. But then they slowly become friends, and then that friendship slowly becomes into a romance, and that's that's what. And they both like respect each other, and they both care about each other because they're you know really close, and that's what makes the Lois and Clark thing appealing, at least to me. Yeah, I I agree. There's there's no lead up to this. So I think if they had taken their time with it and allowed that slow burn, I mean we're in episode eleven. And they're already moving forward with this and I get it like you know Valentine February 14th Valentine's Day is coming up. They need a love centric episode. I get it, but it just I don't I don't think it's working like they want it to work. And I I I'm going to ship you know if if William makes Cara happy, makes her smile, makes her laugh, I'm into it. Like I even liked the the scene at the end where kara messes up jenga and he sort of swoops in and saves her her blocks from falling over i will admit i thought that was kind of cute i'm i'm into that sort of chivalrous behavior i'm i'm cool with that i think that was a really nice you know he thought he thought about trying to help her out that's the kind of stuff that they should be doing more of not just jumping into the relationship let let him sort of you know do those things so that she falls in? I think the the thing they're missing is the falling for each other. Yeah, they're they're jumping straight into, and I guess Supergirl the show does that too much. They do that a lot. Where they don't they don't let you fall in love with a couple. Like you don't you don't watch two people fall in love. They just smush them together and they say kiss. Yeah, and which is so funny because I feel like TV
2: used to be the opposite where it would be all of that lead up um, to the point where they would never want to put the characters together. It would just be all lead up, all of that, like, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? And then they would never, they'd be like, no, no, we can't. It's, it's season 25 of bones, but they, (laughs) but they can't be together. Um, And, and, and now, but now on, on Supergirl, it's like, they've looked at each other and they're dating in the next episode. And it's like, where do you go from there? Like there's no lead up to it. So I don't care as a viewer. I don't care whether or not they get together. I maybe I'm mildly negative, but like <laughs> but like you to, to care whether or not Jim and Pam kiss on The Office, you need to spend that time getting to know that couple and, like, yeah. rooting for them. I feel like I never root for anybody on these shows because they have one conversation and in the next
1: episode they're dating. I, I could be into it on paper. And I think if they did more of those scenes with the Jenga situation... I could be into that if they let them investigate together, which seems like that could be happening more because they determined they were going to be partners. So I think they could get there, but they should have started with that stuff. And I think that's the mistake they make a lot is they don't, is they just jump into it. So if, if he makes her smile, makes her happy, I can be into it. Cause that's, that's, that is my OTP is Kara and happiness So if that happens, I'm into it. It will never fail me and I will be happy. I just, ugh. It really did kind of bother me. The fact that you mentioned that little bit with the the four sexual tension, I was like, thank you. <laughs> that was exactly how I felt. Yeah, I was watching
2: it with my with uh, my fiance, and I was like, was that supposed to be something? <laughs> was that was that supposed to be like a spark? It just looked like it kind of looked like one of the, like one of the characters like just forgot their line for a second. It was like, oh right, <laughs> sorry. I was supposed to invite you to it's a game night. It was, it was so strange. Like the, it was like almost a void where the, uh, where the sexual tension should have been. It was very strange. And like, again, it's not the actor's fault because how do you play up a relationship that doesn't exist?
1: To me as a, as a viewer, I almost think that you don't have to play the, Oh, they stood, they were so close together. The, that 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 didn't you didn't need to get me with that you could have gotten me with Kara's joke about his sad sandwich that's yeah that's that's what could have gotten me is it the the playfulness of that you didn't have to go straight to oh they almost touched you didn't have to go there you just have to make them connect as characters so just bad decisions all all around i think the actors are trying to do as much as they can to sell it but it's just it's it's tough it's tough to have to swallow just because it just uh, it does not feel genuine um but that's oh yeah it's just par for the course on the show they do not handle relationships very well so i uh, it's disappointing because I would like if Carr if is going to be in a relationship with somebody, I'm, maybe I'm a little protective of Supergirl, but if she's going to be in a relationship with somebody, he better be the best dude there is.
2: And I feel like they really stumble <laughs> trying to get her, um, like, love interest. Like, I, I just feel like they haven't really gotten one that sticks and that, like, people are invested in i don't know i mean there were a lot of people who liked the car and mon thing i i wasn't necessarily one of them but uh we all we all know i was more on the negative side of the mon <laughs> scale but i mean to at least that relationship was built up in some way like it did it, it she didn't just meet him and like the next episode it was like i think i might have a crush
1: <laughs> yeah, they developed it and he became a better character. He became a better man because of his interaction with her. He wanted to be better because of her. And so I think that ended up in a good place except for when he came back and he was like wanting to <laughs> get
0: Which, back together I mean, with
1: her while he was just, married. That was oh, little, yeah. that was a little rough. You lost me at that, but <laughs> for the most part, I think he he what he became the kind of guy that I think is worthy of supergirl so that's my protective nature of it i'm like if this is gonna happen with william he better be the best dude ever so that's all i'm saying don't hurt my girl supergirl uh because (laughs) i will be uh overly protective of that so i don't know i'm i'm in a wait and see mood uh wait and see mode uh so we'll see what happens but it is um it just it just disappoints me like it doesn't take a lot to do this better.
2: No, it really it it doesn't. Uh, many shows have have done like relationships in a way that is like organic and excite and like if it's done really well, it can be exciting. It can be like a thing that makes you really want to like tune in to see what's happening with. Two characters, and I feel like Supergirl never really gets there with the with the characters. But I mean, speaking of Monel, is does everybody go to the future and come back with a wife? Is that just like a thing that happens?
1: <laughs> 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 is wait, is the Legion a dating service that I wasn't aware of? Well, that is, I think, uh, a joke amongst Legion fans that because it is kind of like high schoolers. Like the Legion of Superheroes is sort of a teenage sort of team. like it's a young team and so I mean young people kind of date within their own group sometimes and so that's I think that's kind of a, a, a sort of a running gag I've heard from a lot of Legion fans is that they, oh, sort, they sort of date in in their group so uh so that that seems par for the course um I did think, since we've mentioned uh, Wen and his wife, I guess we could mention that, you know, he's married to Isla, who is Lass in the future. And I thought it was uh, very pointed that his daughter was named Mary. And I did not connect this when his mother was on the show, because they do make it mention Kara's like, oh, did you name her after your mom? And I was like, oh, yeah, that was her name. Why didn't I put that together? But then I went back to... The Winslow Shot Toyman character spotlight we did here on Supergirl Radio, and I remembered that Mary was actually part of uh, the name. Mary was part of Winslow Shot, the comic book character's history. Uh, so it's kind of a long, complicated story. But Mary was supposedly the name of Winslow Shot's wife in the comics, but. Later on, down the line, Jimmy Olsen found out there was actually no record of Mary ever existing or that Winslow was even married. And it turned out Mary was just one of his robot creations. So, oh. uh, so it's a little complicated <laughs> story in the comics, but Mary is a name that's associated with when Shot, or, or at least Winslow Shot. So I, I, I am just now reconnecting that information in, in my mind. That the, the fact that he has a mother named Mary uh, and that he has a daughter named Mary, it's, um, it's very character correct for a, a Winslow shot to have the name Mary in there. So I thought that that was cool. And I also liked that um, Mary apparently was the unique name in the future because Mary now, it's a very common name. <laughs> so apparently yeah, seriously. apparently in the future, Kara is the Mary of the future. So I thought that that was a, a funny little bit that they put in there. I thought that was really cute that Kara is like a, a big baby name. Yeah, because she's legendary in the future. Loved that uh, because I, I think that's very fitting because Supergirl would be a big deal in the future. They're, they're kind of all inspired by her, uh, it was, especially the Legion. So I, I thought that was a nice touch. Well, is there uh, anything else uh, that you wanted to bring up that we did not talk about?
2: I can't think of anything. I feel like we covered um, a lot. Oh, I guess there's like the Lena and Lex stuff, but it was like so small in the episode.
1: Okay. I do have one question about that. Yeah. So Lex takes Lena, the memory cube, and he tells her, think about what you want. -hmm. Do you remember what Lena saw? Did did she see the like the beach? Yes. Is that the beach where her mom died? That I don't know. I thought maybe she just needed a vacation. I mean, either either is possible. (laughs) (laughs) She's like,
2: oh man, what I could really use is a vacation to that to that beach where where mom died right in front of me. That's that's my happy place. uh but but i mean she kind of does need a vacation i i i could see it she's like you know what i'm gonna i'm just gonna pack up my tabletop hope and we're going <laughs> going, sh- going straight to the bahamas
1: <laughs> i just thought that was so strange It's like why why are we looking at a beach view i was like mm, okay okay <laughs> I
2: thought it was going to be like see what you want most and it was going to be like it was going to be like a whole bunch of people, like, hugging and complimenting each other on how nice their outfits were. Like, Supergirl's like, Lena, I love your off-the-shoulder top. And there's, like, somebody walking over and it's like, your shirt is really great. We're all super nice. And she was going to be like, yes, that's the world I want to live in.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm going to make that for us. Compliments all the time.
1: Yeah, I that was really weird, that beach thing. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me because i i was i was trying to figure out the 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 meaning behind that i guess there is none i'm just going to operate out of the assumption that she just needs a vacation she just needs some beach time
2: (laughs) she wants it so bad
1: (laughs) don't we all i feel like we all should just spend some time on the beach that would do us all a lot of good the only other thing I would mention is that I thought David Harewood did a pretty good job directing this episode. William Cara uh, dynamics aside, <laughs> aside, um, I did like the way he handled transitions. Uh, there was a shot of Cara pouring alcohol, and it it cut to Lex with the alcohol. I thought that was really nice. I like that kind of stuff. Even the transition of Cara reporter Cara going behind the toys ripping off her glasses and the coming out as supergirl with you know the slow mo hair blowing in the wind. Love that stuff. So, I thought he did a, a pretty good job directing the episode. Um so I would look forward to more of David here. I think he I think David Harewood as a director on the show has done a pretty good job. I think he's too Yeah, I thought four, he two. too. So, I would not mind it if he came back to direct another episode. So some problems, I think, for me in this episode, but uh, but parts of it I, I did really enjoy. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about Back from the Future Part 1. <laughs> Um, our first tweet is from at SL who said, how is it that
2: post-crisis created a new look for Jean that doesn't require CGI so they can save money, but they still sidelined him from the climax, uh, climactic action scene two episodes in a row? That's
1: true. He was not there with the robot tigers.
2: No, he sure wasn't. Maybe he was busy, like, polishing the new suit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at Supercorp Lover said this episode and the William Carr love promo for next week. Make me want to jump off a cliff like Lena Luther.
1: Hashtag not happy. I mean, let's not, let's not, I don't think her happy place was jumping off a cliff. Let's not hope. <laughs> yeah. Do, don't jump off a cliff. Maybe it'll end up okay. Uh, so yeah. Uh, just stay with it. Be, uh, be, uh, <laughs> be in wait and see mode like me. And uh, maybe we'll all get through it together.
2: Um, at vetty A said, in the beginning of last week's episode, Alex mentioned that the DEO is now on top of a hellmouth. I was really hoping that we'd find out if it was a joke or not. But it's been two episodes and the next episode is about Kara's love life. So I'm guessing I'm going to have to let it
1: go. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Sometimes the show drops that stuff in and it doesn't lead anywhere
2: yeah i don't even remember that comment but uh i don't think the show does either so you don't have to worry about it
1: yeah um
2: uh, at Sony Ravat 1997 said, Kara looks so shocked that anyone on the internet would support Toy Man. I love that they had deep thoughts on the balcony at the tower, and Kara still has the Pulitzer in this universe. Why don't these time cops ever arrest the Legends for all their shenanigans? Uh, yeah, so a couple of questions here. Good points <laughs> all. Uh, first off, I'm pretty sure that that Legends got rid of the time cops. So I was surprised when they mentioned them. Hmm. I was like, are those still a thing? But then again, despite the fact that I podcast about it and love the show, I don't. I'm not like an encyclopedia of legends facts, so it's possible that the time cops still exist. I just really thought that the show had kind of like done away with them. Maybe that's a post
1: crisis thing.
2: Maybe. I mean, maybe the time cops are back. Um, and then, did car does car still have the polter in
1: this universe for what? L- Lex <laughs> did refer to her as. Uh, a Pulitzer winner. Ah. She obviously didn't win it for writing a story about Lex Luthor.
2: Maybe it was about the pelicans. Maybe she really <gasps> did finally do that expose. That made the- make me she so really
1: <laughs> happy. She got to the bottom of it. She saved those pelicans. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Like, these are the kind of questions post-crisis that I would love for them to answer. They're never going to answer it. Uh, but... But now I'm disappointed because we were like, "Hey, that's actually pretty great if she doesn't have that Pulitzer anymore, because now she still has to work hard and do a job well." Now she she's still a Pulitzer winner. Peaked, peaked, She peaked early.
2: I mean, I think it would have been nice to take the Pulitzer away from her, if only because she could be like, "I used to have a Pulitzer," and like she could that could motivate her to work harder. Yeah.
1: Now she's never gonna show up at the office. <laughs> <laughs> William is gonna have to do all that work by himself. Oh yeah, he's he's doing this solo. We know that. <laughs> yeah. And uh since uh Sonny Ravat mentioned uh the tower, what were your thoughts on uh, Jean's renovations to his, his swanky office?
2: I liked the uh the the tower. I also liked the nickname when they were like, ooh, that's a good nickname.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a little lame. I was like yeah. that's because, like, the Titans have a tower. Oh, do they? And I, and I know that a, a lot of our listeners uh, wanted to reference, like, the Watchtower, the Justice League Watchtower, and maybe it's short for that. But I don't know. When I hear tower, I think of the Titans tower. So I just, I kind of wanted something more, you know, something more original. So I thought it was a little boring, to be honest. I could see
2: that. I didn't realize that there were like other tower, other other towers There's out there. So
1: many towers, so many towers. I, I need a little variation on the theme here, uh, <laughs> but I liked the secret elevator. I thought the layer was cool.
2: The layer was cool,
1: and I liked the the buttons for the different heroes.
2: Oh, that was really fun. Uh, but I would be too tempted to just smash all the buttons all at once. <laughs> <laughs> they would stop answering the call because they'd be like, "You, you just got bored and you wanted to hit some buttons again, didn't you?" And I'm like,
1: "I'm sorry, Batwoman." Did, they didn't light up though, did they? I can't remember. Oh, if it man, lit I mean, up they ha- I feel like they
2: have to light up. We should, we should just make them smash all the buttons to
1: find out. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's part of the fun of smashing them in an elevator. Is it because everything's pretty? Because everything's lit up. Not that I've done that. I've never done that. I've never (laughs) been that person.
2: At Gesso13 said, my favorite part was when needing a barf bag to process everything he'd missed. I love... I loved everything with Wynn Balcony scene with Nia and Carr, his scene with Brainy, Jesse Rath was fantastic. The William romance feels like it's out of nowhere, and just for February 14th, Carr deserves better. Regarding William Carr, I like the actor and the character in general, but the romance was rushed, and he treats her rotten during the first half of the season. I just wish they'd put her with a person that was nice to her at the start and have a normal buildup what we're all saying um but the it's the wind scene where he barfed reminded me of my favorite line of the entire episode which was when he finds out that james is now off uh running a newspaper and working with like and working with kids and was like oh that's so sweet yeah that's adorable <laughs> it's adorable I i loved that line i thought that was so good um, at Keegan Mayer said, I feel like the Lex and Kara interaction is underappreciated. That scene was hilarious with Lex telling Kara's secret into her recorder. It's the petty scenes like this that make the Luthers one of the best parts of the show. I forgot, I guess if I had a second favorite line, that was it. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was a, a great moment between the two of them. So funny.
2: Oh, man, I love Ducky Lex Luthor so much. <laughs> John, <laughs> John Cryer is like literally crushing this role it's a business <laughs> <reason> to watch <laughs> uh, at luther said i have so many thoughts but they all come down to this there are too many characters and storylines as a result car has become a side character instead of the lead love seeing Win though jeremy was as always amazing
1: yeah i think Supergirl and some of the other Arrowverse shows, I think they all suffer from the fact that there are too many characters and too many storylines in their shows.
2: It feels like Alex hasn't had anything to do for like two seasons now. Uh, Like she popped up at the end of the episode and I was like, has she been here the whole episode? (laughs) There are some episodes where Alex is like almost a non-entity and this was definitely one of them. But like, yeah, the more people you shove in the show, like the less time there is for like the Danvers sister stuff that we that we like. That's the heart of the show.
1: That that everyone started watching the show because of. So yeah, it's yeah. very strange. Uh,
2: at Patty Mello Twenty said, "I feel like Lena and Brainy should join forces and take over the world." That game night without the two of them felt so wrong. Um, at fractal inverter said i have questions but all in all the best episode of the season mm. um car had something to do in the episode not only as a reporter but she was actually useful in a fight uh win was great and brought energy to the sh- carlina angst was not present um at chase aphrodite said i expected nothing and yet i was disappointed uh fight for lena's soul someone checking on brainy lena and brainy talking Kelly having a storyline? Leviathan expose Lex? We don't have time for any
1: of this, but hey, we do have time to push this romance with William. That's a great point about Kelly. She's working. Kelly been
2: up to? Yeah, she's
1: working (laughs) at Obsidian
2: and does nothing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what's what's Kelly's deal post crisis? Because have we have has she even gotten to speak since the crisis? Like, does she does she still work there? Like, I don't what is she do-
1: what is she she i don't know she, i think she did have a line this week <laughs> at, at the at the candy party or or the game night one of those two she did say something i don't remember what it was it was obviously not very memorable but the but they had that whole thing in the crossover when kelly had the guardian shield and they haven't followed up with that either nope that's not kind, even a little bit
2: that's kind of a big deal <laughs> <laughs> seemed like it was going to be a bigger deal than it turned out to be. <laughs> um, at Electro WWF said, Wynn said the Legion fought Brainy's relative, Cousin, and defeated him. But wasn't the whole reason Brainy and Wynn switched places in the first place because Brainy
1: couldn't live in the future with the AI plague? If so, why did no one come back for Brainy when it was over? Well, the reason that brainy says that he's not gonna go back into the future with win is because he said he had work to do so i think that's the justification for it but to to this tweet's point they could have just come back after they defeated uh the the ai plague and come back for Brainy.
2: It's very confusing. Uh at Kaya underscore Matsui said, Win was great. It was like having a part of the family back. I never thought I would say this, but I wish they had brought Monel back instead of doing this Carl William thing. At least Caramel have a history and now we are going to suffer through Lames two point oh. I'm sorry. I feel I feel sad now that like two of us have, have dunked on Nina and James. <laughs> they weren't that bad. Um at Pretty Girl Ninja said I really enjoyed having Win back this episode. He brought back a sense of emotion that I wish the show would lean into more. His interactions with Kara, Alex, Nia, and John were so heartfelt. I'd love to see the characters talk more about their lives and feelings and not the plot. Yeah, same same. Um at uh, sh- uh Shinko uh, what, oh, yeah, yeah, god i'm so tired uh <laughs> at shinko uh 0278 said episode was a mismatch of positive screen time for nia the tower and negative rushed romance for valentine's day fight for lena's soul uh hope uh helping uh ominous prison escape <laughs> oh
1: sl so fricky
2: Somebody is oh. moving in
1: on your acronym yeah. territory.
2: <laughs> I just want every every week, everybody to send in uh, HOPE acronyms. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
2: so good. Uh, and then our last tweet is from uh, VH451, who said, the writers need to give Nicole Maines more to work with. Her screen time has been pretty limited this season, but she hits it out of the park whenever she is on screen. Jeremy Jordan was great as both win and not win. Uh, Love the not quite
1: watchtower. It's so weird. Like, sometimes it feels like Nia doesn't get anything to do. And then it's like, I feel like we're getting too much N- Nia. So even with Nia, I don't think there's a consistent balance of no, I don't what think they there
2: do. Yeah. It's... We either get a lot of her or we don't hear from her for weeks
1: at end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, we received... Like poor Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Alex. Oh, uh, let's hope for better things from Alex. Uh, Well, we received a question from Danae, who asks, uh, quote, I was a bit confused that Wen seemed to think that Lex was a hero before Jean memory booped him. I love that memory boop (laughs) has become a verb now. So good. (laughs) Uh, Wouldn't that mean that whatever Supergirl does to reveal his true self doesn't work with a millennium from now? Uh, No, I said that. I read that wrong. Wouldn't that mean that whatever Supergirl does to reveal his true self doesn't work? Since a millennium from now they don't know he's a villain yet. I don't know. This time travel stuff combined with the crisis aftermath is making my head hurt. Unquote. Yeah, um, uh, I guess. Huh? I guess in this pre- this present post-Amadeus post-Crisis world that we're living <laughs> in. <laughs> I guess that since in the present he was seen as a hero, in the future he would have also been seen as a hero. Is that the question? I think so. But I think to, I think the point uh that they're
2: making is that clearly any work that Carr would have done to uncover his secret villainy like did not work because in the way future they're still oh, like
1: oh, I see. They what still the have is. their
2: collectible Lex dolls <laughs>
1: that Okay, I can see the question now. That does make sense.
2: Yeah. It makes sense that it doesn't make sense. (laughs) uh, I have many questions and no
0: answers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mark wrote in to say, I wanted to go back to Rebecca's idea of having Josh Henderson on the show. I was wondering uh, who he might play from the DC catalog. And it came to me, Batlash. Batlash? Hold on.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I read that right. Bad,
2: yeah. It's it's Batlash. Uh, <laughs> explain it to me, Mark. Uh, Mark goes on to say he's a lighthearted Silver Age Western character, a bit of a drinker, a bit of a gambler, a bit of a playboy. Essentially, he's James Gardner's Brett Maverick, and I think that would be a perfect guest character on the show, and Josh would be perfect for him. Your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are
1: Batlash. <laughs> what it's not a great name oh uh i i like the idea of i think josh henderson could totally play that character i mean just the description alone he could he could knock that out of the park um i could see him doing the the playboy bit the drinking the gambling i could see all that i'm still tied to the comet thing i really don't want to let that go but if the only way to get josh henderson on the show is if he if he plays batlash i will take it (laughs) so (laughs) i guess those are my thoughts
2: yeah uh yeah any any role that josh henderson wants to come on and play we're open because we're really trying to make that dallas reunion uh happen (laughs) and we're so close preferably (laughs) this season if possible (laughs) I feel like we're playing like Dallas reunion bingo, and we're like one or two spaces away from getting bingo. We're we're a Josh Henderson and a Judith Light away from bingo. I think
1: we talk more about Judith Light than any podcast. Ever. I believe
2: it. I believe it. It's like, what do you like to listen to Supergirl radio for? The Judith Light coverage mostly. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. Gone. I'm trying to put myself together for the next email. Okay, I'm going to do this for you, Susan. I really am. I'm going to get it together. All right, so Susan wrote in to say, quote, Maybe I missed something because I don't generally watch the other shows or have a history with the comics, but it sure seems to me like the post-crisis world is just one giant mind wipe. Mind wipe. Let's get that correct. Just one giant mind wipe. Last year, it was just Alex, and this year, it is literally everyone on the planet. My wish for the second half of this season is that the writers stop dreaming up one crazy plot after another and spend a bit more time focusing on the characters and letting them develop in the existing universe. Or is that too much to ask for? Maybe just one or two scenes where Alex and Cara actually talk to each other. Any chance my wish will be granted, unquote? Uh, Susan, Uh, the answer is No. No. They, <laughs> they're they are never going to allow for things to develop as they should uh, they're not going to take their time with anything. Uh, we have those wishes too and maybe one day we will see it but uh, my uh, my feeling on it is that uh, we won't
2: I, that's a really good point though that the that in many ways the crisis is just like a giant. Like a giant mind wipe for everybody,
1: and I think we've established on this podcast that we're not big fans of mind wipes.
2: We're we're mostly negative. <laughs> we're we're
1: mind wipe negative, so this <laughs> yeah. this has been really difficult for for us to to deal with. Uh, you kind of have to go with it, just because crisis had to happen, I guess. But yeah, it does suck. Where is is it going to be like this all the time? Where we're having to memory boop. People all the time just to get the plot to move <laughs> forward. Um, yeah, it's frustrating.
2: So Leslie wrote in saying the Supergirl writers should develop a symbol, glyph, or su- simply a badge to represent Alex Danvers to be placed with the other glyphs on the in the tower. Jean, Alex's space dad would not have slighted her like that by not giving her a glyph. After all, she's one of the main parts of the Supergirl team. It would have been exciting to see Alex had uh, a glyph, even uh, maybe something similar to the Paragon of Humanity symbol. As a human, Alex holds her own against villainous aliens and superpowered beings. Alex didn't think twice about trying to stop Red Daughter from killing Supergirl in Red Dawn. And she went toe-to-toe with Astra in for the girl who has everything and the Kryptonian witches in Make It Rain. It's true. I mean Alex is pretty awesome. She deserves her own symbol on the wall.
1: I wonder if he didn't because Alex is still at the DEO.
2: Maybe, yeah. She does have a day
1: job. <laughs> unlike unlike Cora. <Kara. laughs> <laughs> but my my question from this episode is it seems to me like they want like the show wants to move away from the DEO. They've got the DEO under Luther Corp possession now. And they've established another sort of Super Friends secret layer where they're not going to be meeting at the D.E.O. for superhero stuff.
2: It feels to me like they never want Alex to be an actual director of the D.E.O. (laughs) Does it
1: feel that way to you? (laughs) That, and it feels like they never want to bring in Director Bones. No. Because the only way I would be okay with them moving away from the D.E.O. is if they eventually brought in director bones once they did that i would be like you can do anything you want to with the deo now i mean that would be amazing i'm gonna have to prepare myself for the fact that they might move us away from the deo and we will never get cyanide sweat oh it's gonna be upsetting but i'm just i'm preparing myself mentally and emotionally for it it's that's very upsetting Uh, it's so upsetting uh, well, Christy writes in to ask, quote, does the height of Lena's heels or exposure of the ankle play a role in evil's, uh, Lena's evilness and goodness like the shoulders and clavicle do, unquote. So, uh, this might be a good time for a Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. And now Lena Luther
2: boardroom or ballroom.
1: So Morgan, do you have any thoughts on Lena's heels and the exposure of her ankles? We have talked about Lena's shoes before, you know, what does she wear, you know, proper footwear in the lab. Uh, so uh, what what do you think about the, the heels? It, does that have any correlation to her evilness or goodness or her power? Hmm. I mean, I think
2: it's too soon to tell. Hmm. Um but let's say, let's just put it this way, Christy, uh, heel watches on <laughs> because, <laughs> because now that I'm aware of it, I will be looking out for it because uh, I'm looking at this like this promo picture of her talking to Lex and Brainy in that big warehouse, and those heels. Look high enough that, like, if she took like the wrong turn, she's just like breaking all, all of her ankles. Everyone's ankles there.
1: <laughs> she, she'd
2: fall over. She'd break Lex's ankles. He'd break Brainy's ankles. It'd like, like, like a topple, like, like a domino uh, situation. So I don't know. It it does kind of feel like when she's got her super high heels on. Sometimes it's like, oh, I'm off to do I'm off to do you know some morally shady things. So maybe maybe that's like maybe the higher her heels are, like the 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 closer to the dark side she gets and like by the end of the season she'll just be in like giant stilts <laughs> (laughs)
1: would she would she be like juggling up there what's she doing she's she's just like she's just juggling and
2: she's yelling at everybody to be nicer to each other (laughs) you're not nice enough and she's like throwing she's throwing the juggling balls at them
1: (laughs) i do think that the height of the heels could be a metaphor for her having the high ground uh so so maybe this is just like a power stance for her cuz I don't think she's going to be running in these heels. She's not going to be actively doing anything. So <laughs> I I think it's it could be related to showing her having the high ground. I don't know about in this scene specifically she would be doing that, but I do agree we should monitor this and see if there is any correlation uh and what that could mean. Because I do think the ponytail is 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 uh it goes with the evil lena every time she's got her hair up like that she's doing something shady she's doing something evil uh so i i i, I think we should uh keep our eyes out on it and this has been lena luther
2: boardroom or ballroom uh, New Rachel made a good point about Wynn's story, saying, It's very sweet that Wynn has this storyline when Jeremy Jordan is a father in real life. And that's one of the reasons why he took a step back from the show.
1: Yeah, and it was it was nice to see Wynn as a father. I thought he, he came back. He was sort of like bearded Monel. He came back from the future a little wiser, a little yeah. more uh, aware of what was going on in the world and how to relate to people and Uh, So I did, I did like Papa Wynn. Well, uh, Dustin, a first time feedbacker, wrote in with a comet theory. So I'm very excited about this. So here are the points of that theory. Number one, we've never seen the apartment that, uh, so he's talking about, uh, I think this is, uh, so Dustin has, his theory is that it's possible that William could be comet. So let's let's dig into Dustin's points and his, his uh, Dustin's arguments for this. So number one, <laughs> we've never seen the apartment that William lives in. Assuming he doesn't live in a stable, this is obviously because it is full of pictures of horses, which would be a dead giveaway to the story device that will be used to add tension to Supergirl and William's inevitable <laughs> <laughs> will they horsey relationship. Will they horsey?
2: I'm crying. I, this is this is the best theory I've ever heard. Uh, this this is the way you get me on board with the William Far relationship. So I would easy. Then fight for this relationship. I'd be like, "Excuse me,
1: he is a horse. How dare you say that to him? He's majestic." So, but the theory goes on. So number two, uh, the argument, uh, the second <laughs> argument is, William is stubborn, just like horses. And number three, car is often at her workplace not working. That is similar to how horses do all the work. All the work in California horse relationships. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dustin goes on to ask, does William work? Probably because horses are I don't think I can finish this email. Really good. Oh. Uh, probably because horses are hard workers. I suspect he's gone for long stretches because he's busy doing all the interviews, Kara doesn't. Unquote. <laughs> Dustin. Oh, my God. Such a Wait, good theory. So, Dustin is the
2: first time. To- this is the first time Dustin has written in. Dustin, please write in every week <laughs> I'm not over the the he. horsey <laughs> uh, uh, wow that is my new favorite theory
1: <laughs> I mean that I think that would really uh, forward the Cara William dynamic in a really great way <laughs> and I would be into it I mean we know we already know That
2: William is able to keep a secret and pretend (laughs) to be something that he's not uh, in order to, you know, to get the story. Well, maybe he's keeping other secrets. Maybe he's keeping horsey secrets.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm
1: really tied to the Josh Henderson fan casting, but... I could be open to this
2: yeah i could I could open my heart to having it's it's like one of those things where it's like you didn't realize comet was there the whole time. <laughs> 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 That's, oh my god, that's so good. Ah, so our last email is from Gina, who wrote in to say, we're halfway through the season, and I'm still not seeing what Calli- what Alex's storyline is for this season. This season is sorely missing a lot of Danvers sister scenes, and it's showing.
1: Yeah, Alex, if I was to tell you what Alex's storyline was this season, I would say she dates Kelly. Yeah, that's, um, she
2: has a girlfriend, and they like each other. That's her storyline. i would I would sure love to see Alex do uh, something else like you know, just for her, not like a relationship based storyline
1: and and she, it's not like she doesn't have storylines out there. She could go looking for her father. We know that's <laughs> never gonna happen, but it's something she could do. She could adopt a child. That may never happen. It's been a while. <laughs>
2: she could she could struggle with um with being the director of the d e o and and what that means uh you know for once <laughs> she could she could have a have a job let's put it that way that she has to
1: actually work at instead of just like using the job for exposition we could have some of that there are possibilities endless possibilities, but uh they don't seem uh, interested in telling those stories maybe one day they will, and we just haven't seen it yet. So, uh, keep, keep good thoughts for Alex Danvers. <laughs> Maybe one day she will have a storyline and it will be awesome. Um, okay. So we also, uh, the, that's all of our emails, but we have a voicemail from Mauricio. Hey guys, it's, it's Mauricio
2: here. Another quick review for Supergirl. I, I, my favorite part about this episode is once again, no one can recognize characters wear their glasses because I'm like, come on, it's when wearing the glasses at the end. It's like, okay, I'm just going to take it for granted that no one
0: can recognize him as win, and still kind of confused how this clears win's name in the future since it was putting on Keterizer and saying, like, hey, there's a future win stopping an evil win, but whatever, it puzzles, it doesn't bother me. But, yes, I kind of liked that, they this side. I kind of liked this episode. Um,
2: the only thing I didn't like was I don't know what life's plan is to I feel like it's one of those petty, like, oh, they used me last season. I'm going to get back at them. But other than that, I'm still enjoying this um, season so far. So, yeah, it's not not that much for me.
1: Just that it was a good episode, and I'd like to see Jeremy James back for win. Game is on. EOS, have a I say bye. Before we wrap up our feedback, it's time we make some Snatch Judgments. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. I
2: really messed up the word judgment. (laughs) (laughs) It's that E or no E thing. Yeah, it really threw me off. I was like, judgments without the E? What is this? (laughs) Uh, So our first snap judgment is from Pretty Girl Ninja who said, Who is the better dad? Win or space dad?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one.
2: That's tough, because we've, we haven't really seen Win as a dad, but Space Dad has been Space Dadding this whole time, so I think I have to go for Space Dad.
1: I might give it up for Win because he did mm-hmm. go back from the future just to save his reputation so he could be with his family. He put a lot on the line to That's see true. his wife and daughter. So I think for this week, I'm going to say Win.
2: Um, our next snap judgment is from uh, Shinko0278 who writes in the tower or the D.E.O.
1: I guess this is more of a question of, uh, of which uh, building or location do we prefer? I guess like aesthetically? I would assume, yeah. <sighs> I mean, I like, uh, I like the floor plan of the D.E.O. I like that there's that <laughs> big... About, like the, that big window and the steps. I love I love all the offices. I, I think the, the, the DEO is a more interesting building, but I also do kind of like the secret, like Diagon Alley elevator. Yeah, that elevator is very cool. Ugh, I'm going to pick the DEO.
2: I'm going to pick the DEO too. We spent a lot of time there and I'm not ready to give up on Director Bones.
1: And and the DEO has a, a cooler name. Then the tower. If I'm looking for, say, a logo shirt, I want the D.E.O.
2: I don't want just, like, a tower on there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and while we're here, because we didn't talk about it during our discussion, but why was the D.E.O. going after the sniper at the Toy Con? Don't they deal huh. in extra normal operations? Yeah. Or were they going after, like, they sure a do. human sniper?
2: Hmm. Maybe it was because that version of Win was from, like, a different
1: earth. Maybe. And so,
2: I mean, are they going to spend the rest of the season dealing with, like, weird, like, crisis leftovers because this is like the second episode in a row where it was like crisis did an oopsie and now we've got an extra win yeah i mean i get that there has to be fallout from crisis but it it's starting to kind
1: of feel a little bit like season one escapees from fort Roz ish to me which would be fine if they were extra normal (laughs) <laughs> they were extra normal things escapees. like yeah. in season one they were all aliens so that made yeah sense. anyway that was just a side note about <laughs> the deo that i was really confused about
2: um so our next set of snap judgments are from danae who says would you rather have a
1: supergirl action figure or a lex luther figure i might say lex Luthor action figure because i don't they're those are rare like i've got <laughs> a lot of supergirl action figures but I only have, like, one Lex Luthor thing, and it's a little, like, sort of plush toy from Batman v Superman. He's adorable, uh, even though Lex Luthor in that movie totally plots the death of Superman. But he's really cute. Uh, so I would probably say Lex because I don't I don't see a lot of those. That's a, that's a good call. I would go
2: Supergirl just because I, I don't really have a lot of uh, Supergirl action figures. That uh, so. so. can be corrected. I I know I do I do have a uh, Christmas tree ornament mm. uh on my Christmas tree which I just at it myself is still hanging up for some reason. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that's awesome. Whoops. <laughs> really committed to Christmas this year. <laughs> uh, Danae's next snap judgment is what would you call the two wins from this episode? Two wins or a win-win situation? I Danae, I would call those
1: Excellent puns. I sort of like win-win, but the twins is very clever. Yeah, I'm going to go twins. Yeah, I'm going to go T-wins. Yeah. I like that.
2: <laughs> That's very good. Um okay, so our next set of snap judgments are from Anna who this week promised us that the slabs judgments would be less sad. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. I I was I, you. It, those ones were really bumming me out. Watch, it, I'm gonna read it. It's gonna be terrible. It's gonna <laughs> be like it's just gonna br- like like rip my heart out. Okay, the first set. The first snap judgment is: after Lex left the room, and Lena touched the blue box again. Do you think she saw herself and Kara talking as best friends again? Or did she see herself punching Supergirl in the face again as Hope cheered in the background?
1: Oh, is this the beach scene we were, we were talking about? Yeah, this is the beach scene. In the corner of that beach scene. <laughs> What's <laughs> happening? I, I wanted to be Hope in the background cheering for her <laughs> on the beach. That's what I wanted to be. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go with Kara... And uh,
2: and Lena being best friends again, like they're in a corner of the beach, they're just like running along the beach, like happy as can be. Isn't it great that uh, isn't friendship great? They say, (laughs) far, far in the background, Hope is planning her revenge. (laughs) Hope is like, friendship is great, I will kill you, super (laughs) girl. (laughs) <laughs> um, and his next half judgment is would you rather have had Lena walk into game night and see Kara being happy without her or have had Kara walk into CatCo and see Lena forgiving and reinstating her friendship with Andrea Rojas
1: I like the idea of Cara walking into CatCo and seeing Lena forgive Andrea because she's like oh, come on like <laughs> I could see I could see Kara being really frustrated by that so I, I like that one a little better
2: that is really good. Um I want Lena to walk into game night because I feel like because Lena is my queen of pettiness, she'd walk into game night, she'd see them all playing and having a happy time. She'd walk over, just toss that Jenga pile like right off the table, just <laughs> out. And then and then just like slowly like making direct eye contact with everyone, push everyone's drinks off the table <laughs> and then leave. Like Lena's basically like a really angry cat. Like yeah. she's
0: just like, Go
1: <laughs>
2: And then she's like, I think I've made my point.
1: <laughs> I like uh, Lena Luther, the cat.
2: That's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, so our, our next set of snap judgments are from new Rachel who says, who would you rather see alive again on earth prime mercy graves or
1: original Kelly? This is a Sophie's choice. This is a real tough one. Um, I think I would have to, as much as I love Kelly, RIP Kelly, never forget. Uh, <laughs> I think I would pick Mercy Graves, just because, like, we spent a little bit of time with Kelly. Like, eventually, after a rewatch, we knew who she was. Uh, <laughs> but, but Kelly, I mean she kind of served a purpose i guess i we maybe we could know more about her this is a long-winded explanation of this <laughs> but what i'm guessing I'm, i i'm what i guess i'm saying is that mercy graves seemed like a missed opportunity and i think if we had another chance we could really really do it right so i'm going to say mercy graves i agree with you
2: 100% mercy graves that that was a a real missed character opportunity there and, and i just want her back um New Rachel's next snap judgment is motorcycle jacket, jacket brainy, or math equation jacket brainy.
1: I like the extra the extra effort on the math equation jacket because you really had to you had to know your stuff to write all that stuff on the jacket. So I'm, that's that's the jacket I'm picking.
2: The math equation jacket did seem more brainy esque, mm. so I'm going to go with that one too. Mm. Um, this one is a tough one. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> purple coat lena or Corella Deville
1: coat lena you, you know i love that cruella DeVille coat. i i <laughs> so really good. i really love it but this week i think she upped the game with that purple coat it still had the like the fur on it it still yeah. it still maintained a little bit of that furriness so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go purple coat i really if i was gonna wear one of those coats it would be the purple coat that she had on in this episode. The Corella de Ville coat sort of ate her face a little bit. And it's it's almost too much. So I'm going to go purple coat.
2: The purple coat this episode was really good. Re- like, really good. Like, as you said, I think I would wear that purple coat. I'd be like, this is it. I'm feeling myself. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> there's something so theatrical about the de DeVille coat. And so I must choose it. Because Lena is nothing but it, except theatrics.
1: <laughs> and she did wear it. It actually was appropriate when she wore it. She wore I'm it sure. at, a, at an ice skating rink. So it did make sense. So there's that.
2: Uh, so our last set of snap judgments come from Gina. She asks, "Lillian Luther in Luther purple or pretty in pink?"
1: I did love seeing Lillian in pink.
2: I love the idea of Lillian in a nice pastel. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like she's saying terrible things, but she's like, "I'm in a, I'm in a, like a, a blush and lavender." <laughs> <laughs> I can't be wrong. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, When naming his daughter Mary, or should it have been Kara?
1: I think Mary is, you know, going back through, you know, the show's familial relationship that was set up and his comic book character history. I think it's very fitting that his daughter's name is Mary.
2: Yeah, I think Mary is, is probably the right name for his daughter. Um, So Supergirl, battling, robotic, white, tigers, or
1: robotic flying monkeys the fly monkeys hands down because there's that awesome shot one of my favorite cool like supergirl action shots is when she's using her heat vision to uh, heat vision the flying monkeys in the deo that that beats her not being able to fight robotic white tigers it's not <laughs> even a question
2: yeah, this this one's a very easy one because uh Supergirl barely fought those robotic white tigers, but she really cleaned up with those flying monkeys. Yeah, so did. I gotta go flying monkeys. Um and then our last snap judgment is the shirt rip when Kara goes into Supergirl mode. Do you miss it or not?
1: It was always kind of awkward for me. Like I know it's very classic for Superman to do it, but I like that Supergirl has I, I think I've grown accustomed and I think I I think I like the idea that Supergirl has her own thing with the it being tied to her glasses coming off I think I've grown to really like that so I'm gonna say I don't miss it yeah
2: I I think I'm gonna agree I don't really miss it either I, I hadn't I hadn't thought until the snap judgment about how she hadn't done it in a really long time so clearly I didn't miss it too much
1: no judgments on your snap judgments All right. Well, thank you all for your feedback and your snap judgments. And so I think that's going to do it for all of those things and all of our discussion and our feedback on back from the future part one. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure you get All your feedback in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. We'll probably put Eye of the Tiger on there this week. Uh, You can also find us on Radio Public and PodChaser. We're on dccomics.com slash dc-fans, which is DC's fan page. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And you can find all the links to everything I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to
0: Ashley for the DC TV plugs. If Supergirl Radio fills your heart with glee, Then follow the network for DCTV. Don't fail this city, you've got to hear Quiver, where Amanda and Mike will always deliver. Then run along and check out The Flash. Andy and friends make quite the splash. Don't forget the legends like they all forgot Rip. These ladies would never jacks you to the time ship. Then join Clement and Nate in the incredible Brit for Black Lightning's podcast where we all get lit. We come to iZombie, which is very alive, Except maybe after the end of season five, our newest addition to our CW crew is the Batwoman podcast. Ready for you? We jump over to Sci-Fi, a whole different channel, to check out Krypton way before our bro Calle. Then there's DC Universe, so we can all stream the awesome show Titans. We're only some are teens, and if you love the oldies, may I recommend Classic DC TV? Honestly, 10 out of 10. That's it. I hope. Please, Andy. Good night. But. I would make an exception for Young Justice, all right? Check out DCTV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Twitter.
1: And some of our listeners contacted us uh, this past week about a new DCTV Plugs contest that we mentioned in the last epi- episode of Supergirl Radio. My uh, work life has... Uh, been keeping me busy so I hadn't gotten a chance to sort of figure out what the rules might be and, and sort of set up the parameters of that contest yet but it is something that I think we're going to do because we need new plugs because we got new shows some shows went away so uh, we got we got to make that up to date so we are going to do that so if you do want to send something in feel free to go ahead and send it to us but um, we we will at some point make a formal announcement about that just just let us get our our, our stuff together. We'll, we'll get there. Um, uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do that at the Derby Kid. I am also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jailuniverse.potomatic.com. Do a little voice acting for a comedy, a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest, uh, and I have a couple of podcasting guest appearances that you can check out if you're interested in my thoughts on Todd Phillips. Uh, his Joker film you can check out my most recent appearance on Trentus Magnus Punch's reality. We had a really good discussion about uh, that film and uh, the storylines and sort of the controversy that went along with it. It was a really really good discussion uh, and I really enjoyed my rewatch of the film uh, because of it so that that was something that I enjoyed and hopefully you'll enjoy it if you if you liked or even if you didn't like the Joker film it's a good discussion. and if you want to hear some behind the scenes, Stuff about Supergirl radio and DC TV podcasts. You can check out my guest appearance uh, that I made with Andy Babak from the Flash podcast uh, on our friend Bill Meeks' podcast called "I Made This." If uh, if you like the Legends of Gotham uh, and some of the the DC TV podcast stuff that we do here with the charity fundraisers and the crossover events that we do. Uh, And you just want to know kind of about the history of how I got into podcasting, how Supergirl radio got started, how Morgan got brought into the mix. Uh, If if you want some of that, I actually talk a little bit about Morgan. Uh, Hopefully hopefully Morgan, (laughs) hopefully Morgan doesn't think I'm talking behind her back uh but i, I uh did want to share a story about you know uh, when morgan was a really good friend to me and uh so that uh is something that i think everyone should listen to uh because uh i i think the, some of those are really good stories and even andy sharing some stuff about the the creation of dctv podcasts uh, i think if, if you like podcasting if you like the network if you like supergirl radio if you like morgan uh there's a <laughs> lot to listen to a lot of good stuff in that discussion so i highly recommend you check it out it's a uh, called i made this well, now
2: I'm really excited. As Rebecca was talking, as soon as she mentioned that I got a shout out on it because I am incredibly self-obsessed, <laughs> I immediately went and found I Made This and I was like, well, I can't believe I didn't subscribe to this already and subscribed. And now I know what I'm going to be listening to on my commute. Just just basking in the shout out so
1: <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. Well, you Should. But,
2: uh, yeah, but I mean, it's a it's a really interesting idea for a podcast because um, Bill talks to people who have like yeah it's like passionate people who've like executed like idea big ideas and created things. and so it's a I'm sure it's very a very cool podcast um and very inspiring to like just hear people talk about the creative things that they've done
1: yeah and it, it's a it's a really good discussion just to just plug that a little more um just because my personal podcast, my podcasting journey
2: has <laughs>
1: really you know it's it's, it's come from, you know, point A to, to where I am now. It's just, it's been a, it's been a real journey for me, uh, from, from the technical side of things to, uh, an emotional journey and, and really, truly, you know, I had some, I had to quit a podcast Basically, well, one, because I didn't like the show anymore. I was, I've kind of fell out of love of once upon a time, but I also, uh, was going through stage three, her two positive breast cancer at the time. And I was like, I don't have time for this anymore. Uh, this is causing me too much stress. So that does come into play. I talk about that a little bit and why I wanted to start uh, Supergirl Radio. So there, there's a lot of that in there. So if you just want some behind-the-scenes stuff, it's a, it's a good episode to listen to. And Bill also, uh, I think we could also plug his, uh, he's, he's about to publish, I think. He's still kind of working on the editing, but uh, look out for him to put out a how-to guide on fan podcasting. Uh, Morgan and I have both been some beta readers for that.
2: (laughs) We were were both reading it in in Google Docs, of course, because, you know, that's how we roll. (laughs) And like, uh, Rebecca, uh, this should surprise our listeners not at all, that Rebecca got through the whole document like way before me. And then so I was going and putting my comments and just I just ended up, I felt like I was just ending up like talking to Rebecca in the comments. I was like this is a really good point and to expand on that point. It was basically like poor Bill just had to like listen to our podcast but in Google Doc
1: note form. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he did he did a really good job uh in addition to our comments that i think were good points just golden Uh,
2: really just um, quality stuff yeah i think i mean it's when he releases it i think we will plug it on the show again but uh be on the lookout and if you're interested like you know in in creating your own fan cast and your own fan podcast there's some really great information in there that i think will like really help you like figure out the direction and kind of know some stuff going in
1: yeah he he gives a lot of really good uh, uh advice even just on how to be a critic how to review something uh so i think there's some really valuable information in there maybe we'll have bill on supergirl radio to talk about it i think that would be something uh that would be a lot of fun and be a lot of informational for people um and uh so maybe we'll do that when the the book drops
2: besides being mentioned in uh i made this by Rebecca. Uh, <laughs> You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. i at MojoTastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Legends of Tomorrow is back. And then it immediately took a break. Thanks for
1: nothing, Arrow. Uh, so, D- does that seem to line up with the Legends of Tomorrow vibe, though? Oh, it really does line up with the Legends of Tomorrow vibe. I left
2: extremely hard when it was like and we'll be back in a week wait (laughs) this is the first episode you're taking a break already (laughs) listen one episode out is exhausting as uh as the legends of tomorrow podcast could tell you uh because we were like every time we try to like schedule the next podcast we're recording we're like what is with our lives? <laughs> Why are we like this? <laughs> you can't find an hour in a week. Um, but we actually did manage to successfully schedule a podcast recording. Uh, surprise, surprise. And we talked about um, Crisis because we talked about it, obviously, in the big crossover show. But uh, me, Kat, and Amy sat down and sort of talked about what we liked about Crisis, what worked for us, what didn't work for us, and and maybe like what we think – the future crossovers might look like uh, post-crisis. So in this this crazy post-crisis, post-Amede world (laughs) that we live in. (laughs) So if you are, uh, if you're still not sick of crisis, if you still want more crisis talk, uh, you should check out the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We have a, a new episode about that. And then obviously we'll be back this week. Uh, to talk about the, uh, the new episode of Legends of Tomorrow, or I guess next week, as the case may be, to talk about the new le- episode of Legends of Tomorrow, when they come back relaxed and refreshed from that one episode. They
1: had. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you didn't even really need to mention to me that they took a break, because I don't watch the show, so I'm not, I'm not going to miss it. But, but mm-hmm. I would just roll with the the next episode that was the podcast episode that was coming out, so I w- I wouldn't even have known that I was saying that's break. true. Like you don't have to watch the you don't have to watch the show. You can just listen to the
2: podcast. Yeah. I'd recommend you watch yeah. the show because it's a fun show. It's a good show. But if you're just like. Morgan, I don't have enough time, but I do have enough time to listen to the podcast. If I if I could only do one, watch the show or listen <laughs> to the podcast, Morgan, what should I do? I will say, do the one that involves me and listen to the podcast.
1: <laughs> yes, I highly recommend it. Uh, so I'm glad that the Legends of Tomorrow podcast is back uh, so I can listen to the podcast. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our episode on Back from the Future Part 1. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we think Wynn gave Nia some pretty good advice.
2: Never let anyone make you question your own worth.